welcome to Beyond Better, a podcast that explores a simple but profound idea. We all deserve to live lives we love, and that includes our work lives too. I'm Stacey Ennis, an author and longtime location-independent entrepreneur living in Portugal with my family of four. Join me as I talk business, location independence, writing, travel, and so much more, all focused on building a life that is beyond better. Welcome. I am so excited today to have Christina Del Villar with me. Christina is an amazing human being who I have gotten the joy of working with as a client, as a student, and just kind of in awe at all she's built in a really short period of time. So I'm going to introduce you to Christina, her background, and then I will welcome her onto the show. Christina Del Villar is a Silicon Valley marketing executive, consultant, and author who geeks out on helping companies transform, grow and scale, leveraging technology with over 25 years of experience at Fortune 100 companies and more than 20 startups. Christina has developed go-to-market and marketing strategies for exponential growth, new product launches, acquisitions and IPOs, particularly for high growth companies where she leverages her experience and industry perspective to take them to the next level. Christina's grit marketing method focuses on helping marketing professionals to build smarter programs, be more efficient and exponentially grow revenue to improve overall company performance. Her book, Sway, Implement the Grit Marketing Method to Gain Influence and Drive Corporate Strategy, arrived in bookstores in August 2021. Welcome, Christina. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey. I'm excited to be here and excited to talk to you and your audience. It's fun reading your bio because it's a reminder. I mean, I since I know you personally, I, yeah. sometimes I forget all of the amazingness in your background, <laughs> and it's a good reminder of you know, when we say marketing expert, you actually have those chops. So I want to just start out with you telling us, we got a bit about your background, but today, what do you do and who do you serve? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I, as Stacy mentioned, I've been in marketing and a marketing executive for the past you know, several decades. And for me, it just gave me an opportunity to really understand what was happening uh, in the market space. I usually work with B2B companies. And so at, at one point, uh, I decided that it was time to sort of stop working in the corporate world, although I still do, um, but kind of go my own and my key things that I'm doing right now besides the book and taking that content from the book and and sort of exponentially pushing it out there to different audiences in different ways is to really still help companies be better at generating revenue uh, and I really do focus on that go-to-market strategy from that standpoint so I know we're going to get into you know a little bit of uh, details about some of those offerings and everything but but again it still really is focused on corporations, B2B, and again, they can be sort of, you know, new companies, startups, or well-established companies. Um, but what I find is that that go-to-market strategy, uh, which we talk about in the book um, a bit, really is the main focus of what I'm focusing on right now. And it's really what's needed in a lot of these companies and organizations. I know there are some listeners that are saying go to market. What? To That's market not a what? thing that they've, they've heard of before. I want to, I don't want to get to that quite yet. I want to go back to what you said about when you left your corporate 
job because I happen to know that it was right before the pandemic right hit. Before the, like pandemic. the timing yes. could not have been better. Um, right. <laughs> so I wanted to know a little bit about you know how you made that decision to to leave corporate what was it that propelled you to go out and do this on your own what inspired you to do that but then also how did you get to where you are today now an author with this amazing business with all of with that huge roadblock in your way yeah you know i mean i think in some cases you know people talk about silver linings and you know things that have changed and shifted during this period that have actually enabled them to either either because they wanted to or because they had to uh, sort of make different different choices for me again i i left the corporate corporate world again in in january and then like six weeks later we went we went into lockdown and i had big plans i knew i was going to write a book but my plan was to actually have an rv and drive across america and write my book in the back of the the RV and then that that kind of stopped so I wrote the book in my office <laughs> where we were all sequestered in lockdown for for many months but for me it was just an opportunity to you know I could work for a company and that one company would benefit from my knowledge and expertise and what I bring to the table and some of the teams that I bring in with me. But what I really wanted to do was be able to share that knowledge and expertise, again, sort of exponentially with, with as many companies, people, organizations, departments as I could. And so that meant not just writing the book and sharing that, but building different services and solutions on top of that book and that methodology and my expertise and, and really sort of um, get that out there. So for me, leaving the corporate world, it's scary, right? Like you, You've done it as well, you know. It's like I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my own thing, and you know, we're gonna work to be super successful at it. Um, and I think you you need to be realistic about what what that involves in terms of your time and resources. Um, you know, potentially the impact it might have on on your your family and and friends and everything. Um, but for me, it was just really important to be able to, um, you know, I mean, again, I'm already the thought leader in this space. And again, if I'm just working for one company, then, then it's sort of hard to, um, you know, again, sort of help as many people as I wanted to. And that's basically, I, met, I was at a point in my career where to me, super, super important. Um, so that was kind of why, why I left. Um, and again, sort of for me, I was lucky because I do go to market strategy. So setting up, organizing what I wanted to do, marketing campaign looked like all of that. You know, I already had a really good sense of what that would look like. Um, but those, I mean, again, that was my expertise. So other people, depending on like, you know, for what you do, or, you know, if you're an accountant or whatever that is, you're bringing your own expertise. My expertise was actually that go-to-market strategy. So that really helped propel me. Um, and to your point, sort of build, build my company and my services up faster um, than, than others might have been able to, to be honest. Yeah, well, and you know, you mentioned that you're also writing this book along with the launch of your business. And I, I don't think a lot of, uh, or I can say a lot of aspiring authors don't really understand how big of an impact that process of writing a book can have on everything, including yeah. your future business or your current business or potential revenue streams, opportunities, depth of clarity, frameworks you build. So I'd love to hear from you, how were those intertwined? What did you 
take from that process that led to success, opportunity, clarity in your business? Yeah, and, and here I'm going to really uh, pitch Stacy and your process because it really is amazing. It really made me think about, to your point, like how, how does it all fit together, right? Like my book is now my brand. I mean, that's, <laughs> that is the way, the way that it is. And that was, that was intentional. Um, but again, the book is an extension of me. And what I'm talking about in the book is an extension of what the services and solutions I offer are. And so it's not just about the book, it is about Christina Del Villar, right? Um, that brand. And so you do need to think about it. I mean, again, for, for me, if this is going to be, you know, if I'm going to, um, you know, extend the, the thought leadership that I have and, and I want to leverage the content again to help other organizations, then it was really important to think through that process. Like, what am I trying am I trying to accomplish? How am I going to get there? What does this book mean? Um, and the book is really not to minimize it. It's, it's a great book. And obviously I spent a lot of time on it. Um, but it's a sliver, if you will, of, of who I am and, and what, what I'm offering. Um, and to be honest, the audience that I chose for that, um, if you think about the book, it's got a really wide audience appeal, you know, not just marketing and, and you know, solopreneurs, but anyone in sales and product. But then as I I look at my other services, my course that I have coming out, um, you know, that that target gets smaller and then my workshops are for corporations and that gets smaller in my audits. Um, and so I really did think about that customer journey of everybody and the different services and solutions I would offer throughout that process. Um, and again, that's it's easy for me to do that because that that is my background. Um, but I think it's really important for people to think about like what what do you want from your book? And I hope it's not to be a million because that is not, <laughs> that's not generally how that happens, but you need to think about that content and how it fits in with the rest of what it is that you're trying to do and accomplish. Oh, I love that so much. And I, I think, you know, again, that's just something that if you're new to the process of writing a book or you're trying to do a lot of things at once and you're not sure how to approach it, there actually is interconnectedness between all of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's actually, ahead. it's interesting because when I started writing the book and I knew I was going to do a course, um, I talked to some folks that I know who've done, who've done both as well. And, and several people were like, well, do your course first and then write your book based on the course. And I was like, or do I write my book and then base the course on like, so, you, you know, and, and I'm not, there's not, I don't necessarily know that there's a right or wrong way, but to your point, you need to think about like how, how it will all sort of unfold, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And the other piece of it that the writing process can reveal is those frameworks that then can lead to how you work with clients, how you develop your course curriculum. So that and I think the reason for that and you've you and I've had lots of conversations about this is that we're in our own heads with our own actual thoughts rather than just consuming or outputting emails or talking, but we're really sitting in our brilliance and expertise right. and we're forced to put it into a format that other people can absorb and use. Right. And, and for me, you know, again, the book is about initially to help marketing professionals uh, gain more influence inside their organization so they can have more impact and show their value better um, and really start owning some of that strategy. And if you, I mean, it's, it's hard to, 
put what I practiced for decades, just like naturally, right? And I'm sure you do the same thing. These things just sort of come naturally to you. And I think a lot of authors or aspiring authors are like, yeah, this is, this is, this, I know this inside and out, but then to translate that and put it in a format or a way that is absorbable for other people, it, it, it was that for me, it was actually pretty difficult to figure out like how to turn it into, um, you know, an easy step-by-step process instead of just me, you know, sort of <laughs> telling stories, I guess, could have been another way to do it, but it's not, not as efficient, I think. Well, you did it beautifully. And I, I know there was a lot of work that went behind that. I mean, I got to see so many iterations of the eventual step-by-step that you put together. Now, your book has been praised for being practical, insightful, and also really funny. You are a hilarious writer. Um, But one thing that I really want to dig into in your book is this go-to-market strategy that you've mentioned several times, and I'm sure people are really scratching their heads. So (laughs) what is that, and how does it differ from what we would normally think of as, you know, a marketing strategy? That's what most people would say. How are those different? What is a go-to-market strategy? Yeah, and you know, since since I've written the book and I've gotten a lot of feedback and I've started to work with a lot of companies and individuals, um, this question has actually come up a lot. And and again, for me, it's more intuitive. It's it's my background. It's what I do. But for others, I mean, it could just be completely like new nomenclature to them um, altogether. And in in the industry, we we just say GTM for for go to market, and that's like really confusing for people who have no idea what this is. But for me, what and and this journey that I've taken beyond the book has really helped hone in on what the go-to-market strategy is, what it should be, and, and I think that'll most likely be my next book, which I think you, you're, you're aware of that, but the go-to-market strategy, it's very different from a marketing strategy or plan or a sales strategy or plan or a product roadmap. Those are ways that companies, organizations, individuals execute on what the strategy of the company is. So your go-to-market strategy really is that long-term high-level strategy of how you're going to meet your number one goal. Like most companies or organizations have you know, one one goal. It's usually revenue-based for a lot of the companies that I work with, especially if they're B2B, but maybe it's to be acquired or maybe it's to have an IPO or maybe it's to be number one in your space, right? Like these are the big, huge things that your entire company is supposed to be focused on and working towards. And what happens is it's not formalized, if you will, in organizations and even in big companies. I'm working with some, you know, big name companies and I'm just amazed that they don't actually have that like you could ask 20 people in a big company you could ask 100 people and everyone would have a different opinion of what the actual goal is and that should be very clear in companies again it doesn't matter how big or small you are or if you're on your own you know if you have a 500,000 people business if you don't have that formalized and written down then it's really hard to align everybody in the organization. So as a company, these are things that you need to be thinking about. And the book really starts to talk about how to start aligning everybody in the organization and, and really be laser focused on what that, on what that. So when I talk about good market strategy, that's really what I'm talking about. That number one goal that everybody should be aligning towards, it should be looking completely at what that customer journey is. Um, And again, for B2B, the the customer journey goes from prospect well beyond customer. Um, and, And these are areas that 
I really, I, I don't understand why corporations aren't more in tune to that because that then dictates and helps guide to your point, like the marketing strategy or your marketing plan or your sales strategy and where you put all of your resources, both personnel and, um, and financial um, backing as well. Um, so that's basically what, what I'm personally talking about when I talk about go-to-market strategy. I, I'm sure that so many people are listening to this and going, wow, I had no clue any of this stuff existed, right. <laughs> but many might be listening and be leaders in organizations as well. I know a lot of listeners though, are trying to connect this to them and their maybe small right. business or their yeah. book launch or their program launch. And, you know, I, I want to try to make a connection. I want to see if this kind of resonates yeah. with how you're thinking about the go to market. So when I think about um, building a plan for whatever it is, whether it's launching a business, writing a book, mm -hmm. launching a program, I always start with that big vision and that, that right. thing that I'm working toward and I work backwards. So when we wanted to live this location independent lifestyle, I mean, I had this dream almost 13 years ago and I really understood with crystal clarity exactly what I wanted, which was to have the ability to live anywhere in the world with my family to make great money and to just be able to make my own choices so yep. in some ways i actually hear a lot of what you're saying kind of connect to that but i'd be curious if you can add some nuance or correct me if i'm missing something yeah no it's it's a really good point so i think that i think an easier way to to think about it is to your point your number one goal is to have that independence right i mean that is your goal and then there are some subsets of that right so like you want to, um, you know, you want to start a nonfiction book school, you want to live in, you know, Portugal for five years, or, you know, maybe buy a house again, right, because we're talking about you specifically and, and your goals. Um, and so underneath that, those are then how you're going to tactically execute your main goal, which is that financial and, you know, mobility and independence, right? Um, so for me, my number one goal is to have Christina Del Viar be a thought leader, right? Um, and so to do that, you know, I have my book, I have my course, I talk, I, um, you know, have a podcast coming out, right? So those are the, those are the things that, those are the programs or solutions that are now going to help me realize, you know, my, my number one goal, right? And so my strategy is like, when am I, should I do my book first or should I do my course first? Like, when should these things come out? What are they going to look like? And then the plans are those, to your point, like a campaign, like I know you're going to have a campaign coming out for your, for your non-book, uh, sorry, non-fiction um, book school coming out soon, right? And then you have your tactical pieces underneath that, like your social media or the podcast or your content, right? So think about it like a strategy, a plan, and then the tactics or tasks that you're going to do to implement that to, again, reach your number one goal and your your goal I mean if you think about it Stacy like you had this plan 13 years ago that hasn't changed and it shouldn't right because that is your number one goal or objective in terms of what it is that you're trying to accomplish it might take you a while it might take you know it might take me a couple more years to get to where you know I want to be um, but if you keep if you if you're not thinking about a strategy sort of that number one goal you're 
you're always going to be kind of in the spin. Like if you if you think your goal is try to book, and then your next number one goal is to do a course, and then your next number one goal, you're you're never going to sort of be able to have that momentum uh, and that focus that you need to to um, sort of execute um, efficiently, if you will. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. I love everything you just said. It was so valuable. I, I'm sure, again, I know there's people listening that that is really resonating with. And that's also a lot of times when I'm working with an aspiring author, you know, what they, what they say is that their goal is to become an author. That's not (laughs) usually what the North star is or what that like big vision is. It's actually what happens after becoming an author. That is really the goal. Authorhood is a catalyst for that. And in your case, it's similar, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, maybe there is somebody who that that is their goal. They just want to write. Yes, write that's true. Yes. The rest of their life. But but to your point, it's like even then, what what is your goal? Is it to become a best selling author? Is it to have the most, you know, books out there on this subject? But for I think for a lot of authors, it is to become that thought leader. And then there's going to be other things that they they want to do with that. And to your point, like the book is potentially that catalyst. Or maybe, you know, they did a TED Talk and that is a catalyst to writing the book, right? I mean, there's, everybody's going to have a different journey. But if you, again, don't really understand why, why it is that you're doing these things or, or what you want to become, then it'll be harder for you to um, sort of basically make that, make that happen, um, or at least make it happen efficiently and in a time in a certain time constraint. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I absolutely agree. I'm bringing this back to your kind of core expertise in corporate corporations and businesses. What are some of the top mistakes you see when people are are either creating their go-to-market strategy or they're trying to execute against that strategy? Yeah. And and again, I talk about this in the book, but even since the book came out in August, a couple months ago, it's, it's changed or, you know, I just have more visibility into sort of the impact of it. I think the key thing is that people actually, or companies, organizations, they actually don't have a go-to-market strategy in place. Um, They oftentimes went for marketing, when marketing people come in, whether it's a CMO or VP of marketing, we're often handed um, like marketing plans, like, okay, now go execute this, but it's still not that, that strategy. So I think the number one issue corporations and companies have right now is that they just actually don't have a strategy. The, the second issue that I'm seeing is that if they do have a strategy, um, it, and, I'm, and again, I think, like I mentioned, your, your strategy is a very long-term strategy, but you still need to be thinking about it and updating it and iterating on it. And especially a lot of organizations um, have dealt with that during COVID. They've had to shift or pivot um, either their process, their sales process, who their clients are, what their clients need. And so, again, you don't, you're not like, okay, we, you know, we made cakes and, and now we're going to make rubber bands. Like it's not, <laughs> that is not a good strategy shift. Um, but you should be thinking about it and iterating on it um, as you're going along. And so I think that's the, the first thing is they don't have one. Um, or the second part is that they haven't sort of updated it or looked back on it. Like this is what we're working towards. How often do you then stop and look back and see where you are to meeting those objectives? And then I think the third, well, there's third piece really is that then nobody owns, nobody has accountability for that strategy. Everybody starts getting siloed. And again, I'm talking some bigger organizations. If you're a solopreneur, then (laughs) 
then you're responsible for all of it. Uh, and you can have discussions and debates with yourself. But um, <laughs> if that's something you, you want to do, and that, that will help. But if you are then not, um, if you don't have an owner, then it's hard to get everybody aligned. Um, and I'll give you an example. When I was at, actually, I won't name the company, but I was at a company and uh, we were a unit or department within a large corporation. And within this um, unit, uh, we had what are called OKRs. So that's basically what your North Star is, your, your goal. Uh, and so they were really proud that they had like, they had a strategy and everybody, and we have goals and this is, we're all going to work towards this. And I was like, this is great. So I looked at their, their OKRs and they had 157 of them. We have 157 OKRs and we have, yeah, <laughs> and we have 150 people. So what that tells me is that every single person is working towards a different goal. Um, and some people are working <laughs> towards a couple of goals because there's 157. So somebody had three, somebody had two, and a bunch of people had one. Um, how, I mean, like, just think about it. How can you as a company succeed when you have 150 different goals? You can't, right? You should have had, they should have had one main goal that they were all focused on. And then, you know, again, whether it's a plan or, you know, whatever it is underneath that, that everybody is, is and so when I, you know, work with my teams or when other teams ask me or my teams for things, I will always ask them. I'm like, is, you know, if you're asking me to do something, invest resources, potentially reprioritize, is this going to get us to this? And if it's not, then I'm going to say no. And I give my teams permission to say no and push back um, or I'll act as a buffer for them. But that should be like a key question that everybody asks themselves, every department asks themselves, like, is this activity that I'm doing, is this task, is this money that I'm spending ultimately going to get me to this point? I, I love that so much. And I feel that it connects so well to small businesses as well. You yeah. know, and I would say over my nearly 13 years in business, you know, the first four or five years, I was kind of floundering around figuring out how to run a business. And I, sure. you know, I was young too. I started my business when I was Gosh, 23, yeah. I think, or yeah, it's amazing. hold on, how old am I? Yeah, I must've been 23. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I was, you know, I didn't, I was also building my skill set alongside building my business, sure. which is different which a lot than of people are. Yes. Like you left already being an expert that and started your business. That wasn't the case for me. So right. I think it was a little bit slower building in the beginning. Um, yeah. But then over the years, I, you know, got more sophisticated, developed my business acumen, all of that. And I think the biggest um, kind of level of sophistication that really happened in the last few years is really getting a very clear one thing every year and making sure that my yeah. team understands, not that I'm dictating it to them, but we actually co-create and make right. sure that we're all excited about it. So um, I think, I mean, even this year, um, Catherine, who's on my team, she's an operations coordinator. She's awesome. We, she is awesome. We, um, we had, we almost played a game where we're like, okay, on the count of three, we're going to type in what we think the number one goal is for I love you know, that <laughs> and we have the same answer which was awesome that is amazing shows alignment but right. even in a small business having that clarity I also design decided to jettison an idea that I got I got all excited about I'm an idea person right I'm sure yeah, you can relate to this. Yeah. <laughs> 100 ideas a day and I got I did all this thinking about it I brainstormed a bunch of stuff and I, and then when we went to do our strategic planning for the year 
it did not contribute to that one thing. It actually yep. detracted from it. And yep. so I said, okay, we're gonna shelf, we're gonna put this on the shelf for now, and maybe yeah. it'll never come off. But I'm still gonna think about it, and we're gonna yeah. focus. And yeah. it's this exactly what you're describing. It's at a smaller scale, but even with growing thought leadership, it's the same thing. I think if you try to do everything at everything. one time, right. right? Yeah, and it's true. And and I, um, so a couple of points with that. I think it it does. It builds that alignment, right? And you can you can see that. Um, I think, and to your point, when so people who you know, and I, I talk about this with 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 um, startups and um, solopreneurs and and entrepreneurs, you your expertise and your passion is in whatever that product or solution is. It's not in, I mean, for me, it's in marketing, but for most people, it's not marketing. It's not accounting. It's not shipping. Um, it's not any of these sort of ancillary things that are going to help you build and grow and sustain your company. Um, and so what happens is you start going out and asking for advice from friends. And then because you don't necessarily know anybody, you're like, well, I guess I should be doing this and this and this and this and this and this and this, right? And it does take a while to figure out, like, maybe you do try it. Maybe you try doing a podcast and then you're like, okay, that's not that's not what I need to be doing, right? So I think it's important to, to try things, but then at some point you need to recognize like what is actually going to help you reach that that north star the fastest most efficient way you possibly can you'll get there it might just take you 20 years or you know five years instead of one right and that's okay too but in order to sort of shorten that time to reach your goals um, you really do need to be laser focused and you need to give yourself and your teams if you have a team permission to say no and divest I think this is another thing people do it's like you recognized even before you started implementing you know whatever that was that this was not going to help you there but if you're in the process of it a lot of people they'll they'll just be like okay well we've already invested so we should just keep going down this path <laughs> and that's not necessarily the best way either you need to know like when you need to invest and when you need to divest as well Oh, I love that so much. And what the book that reminds me of is Seth Godin's The Dip. Have you read that oh, yeah. before? It's like, yeah. when do you keep going and when do you abandon? When do you yeah. recognize that you don't, you don't want to keep trudging forward? So yeah. if anybody is in that place, I definitely recommend that book. It's Absolutely. Oh, so good. And so short. All of his books are so short and sweet. They're, they're digestible and, and simple to understand. They get a lot of aha moments out of those. You're like, oh, yeah, that, yes, I recognize that. <laughs> yes, yes. So I know that you're building a lot of things right now, and one yes. of them is a course. Can you tell me a bit about that? Who is that yeah. for? What are you offering through that program? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. So I, like we've talked about, I, I built out a methodology that's in the book, and now I will be offering that as an online course. And the goal is to uh, help really anybody gain, again, the influence that they need within their own organization. So probably not as applicable to solo and entrepreneurs, um, sort of in general, but if you have even small teams, and you're trying to get that alignment across them, it's, it's super helpful, but it's really good and applicable for or marketing professionals or anyone sort of manager and above as well, because it will help them 
help their teams be more efficient and aligned. Um, but again, we, we've talked a little bit about the book, but the whole idea and concept is, you know, you can't do it alone. And again, if you have 150 people and 157 goals, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to get there. So how, how can you as individuals and teams in an organization work more closely together, understand the objectives, have empathy and start building um, sort of these relationships that will help you again meet those those corporate goals and objectives um, a lot a lot sooner. So really, it's it, it any anyone in product marketing, sales, customer success would benefit from it. Um, it this particular course does sort of slant towards marketing and marketing professionals, um, but again, the the concepts that you would learn are, are applicable for for everybody. Um, and so that should be coming out um, this quarter. And there's different levels. As as well. So there's just the, you know, I'm going to do this online and do it on my own. Um, then there's opportunities to engage with other folks that are taking the course. And then another tier actually has a lot more engagement with me as well. So I will actually review what we call the map of influence um, and help you sort of better refine and understand and help you better understand how you can implement that within your own organization as well. So I'm excited. It's good. Yeah, it's me too. And the map of influence is so good. I mean, I just... I mean, I, I don't know how to even put into words how much work you put into developing that. I mean, the spreadsheets, the things you drew, <laughs> the things you wrote, just all of the, I mean, I, I, I just remember you coming to one of our calls and just having this huge thing that you created, just trying <laughs> to work through it and refine yeah. it and test it and so it's really powerful. And I'm curious, you said it's better for people within companies, but about what size uh, company or team would it make sense for? Yeah, I would say that anything probably above, it would be, it's really helpful if there's more than 50 people, because then you're going to have delineation between organizations. You're going to have a product team, you're going to have a marketing team, you're going to have a sales team, and, and likely a customer support or success team that's implementing and onboarding. Um, so at that point, you know, you there's more people to influence. Again, if you're if you're working on your own, you still have vendors that you need to think about and influence or, you know, to your point, um, you know, with Catherine, it's like getting on board and having that alignment is critical, um, but you don't really need to sort of influence each other and have empathy because I know you guys already have that for each other um, and, and you're, you're clearly in alignment. Um, it's really more when there's either dysfunction in an organization um, or it's really unclear as to sort of like what the next step is for an organization that, that happens a lot when um, startups are going through like seed um, and, and and series rounds funding um, because now they're going to have uh, they're going to potentially pivot or shift some of what it is that they're focused on. They might have been very product focused and now they're going to be more go to market focused. Um, or if you're shifting from like a B2C a business to consumer, direct to consumer, to a business to business type um, organization. So usually those those happen in in larger organizations. So but small, I mean small businesses and um, are great. And it's really it's interesting because I have some friends who um, uh, one of them, her son just graduated in marketing. And so he he read the book and he's likely going to do the course because for him just starting off in marketing, like he has no idea what any of this means. And so he's just trying to absorb like some of the stuff so he can um, hopefully start building that now 
fresh into his career versus some folks are going to be doing this, you know, 10, 20 years into their career. So, oh, that's ambitious. I love that. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> oh, I love great. it. Well, Christina, this has been such a great conversation. And I will say, I know your course is targeted more toward companies, but I personally think people of any stage, like whether you have a solopreneur business or you dream of starting a business or you're writing a book or you're in a company, I really think there's a lot in there for everyone that has an interest in learning about how to market effectively, how to create a go-to-market plan um, and how to be more influential. I think that's the other piece yeah, of it that key. we haven't it's talked so about too much, but it's really important. Yeah. Um, I'd love for you to tell people where to learn more about you and what kind of content can they follow of yours. So just share about your ecosystem. Sure. So, you know, again, my my goal is to be a thought leader. So that has a lot to do with content and how I'm disseminating it. So you can go to my website, christinadelviar.com, and, you know, you'll find podcasts uh, that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, I have blog posts that I put there, and you'll learn a lot about some of the other services and solutions that I provide, um, usually to larger companies like corporate workshops, where I go into the corporate corporation and, and teach them this methodology. Um, and then also I do what I call good market strategy audits, where I, I take a look at, hopefully if you have a strategy, if not, I'll let you know. Um, and so if you go to my website, you can find out things like that and have access to content. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn and um, we do a lot of social media, mostly around um, LinkedIn and, and some Instagram and Twitter stuff as well. But uh, those are, those are places where you can find some of the content um, and find out more about me and what we're doing right now. Thank you, Christina. I had such Thank a good you. time talking with you. Thanks for being with of me today. Course. Yeah, absolutely. This podcast is produced by me, Stacy Ennis. Special thanks to Daniel Alexander for sound editing and Katherine Fishman for project support. These two make the show possible and I'm grateful. You can always access show notes, including any links mentioned in this episode at stacyennis.com podcast. And you can connect with me at stacyennis.com, on Instagram at Stacy Ennis, or on Facebook at Stacy Ennis Creative. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Here's to building lives that are beyond better.